Welcome to Nerds of the Square Circle. We are your hosts. I am Starf Chris. And this is Sam Kiss. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? And, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Life's good. Yeah. Yay. I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. I'm not good. dead. I woke up and I wasn't dead. So yeah, that's, that's, it's I a mean, good day. You yeah. know, I got this tattoo on my wrist to tell me the exact same thing. Every day is a good day. We're going to have a special guest at the end of the show. Roz uh, from the website is going to be joining us. So we're going to do a little interview with him about British wrestling. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited anytime I get to talk to anybody from England. Yeah, he has a cool accent. Yes. So, you know, I'm not wrestling fans just like British people. I just like British people in general. I've often wanted to move to London specifically to develop an accent. Uh, you know, Billiam, he's been on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, he, he's married to somebody from England. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't man. know why I said that. It's fine. So, this is somebody we know knows a British person. Yeah, <laughs> just to let you know, <laughs> the Harry Potter movies would not be nearly as successful if they weren't all children speaking with British accents. This is true. This is true. See Percy Jackson. Uh nice. Uh so we had SummerSlam this past weekend. Yes. But before we get into SummerSlam, I want to talk about the actual good event, NXT Takeover. Oh my God. Why you gotta say it like that? I'm just that? joking. SummerSlam, SummerSlam, SummerSlam was, was good. Dude. Well, I mean, according to I thought it was. I we thought, both thought it was good. We so watched it together again. We had NXT at four shows from Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and I thought all of them were great. Personally, I have not, and I watched too much wrestling. Most of my energy goes into Wildcat now, so mm. I'm just thinking about all that. Wildcat's got a show coming up soon the revolution rumble tickets go on sale this friday visit walkoutwrestling.com link and, in the show notes page on someoneary.com uh so and and i know that you've been distracted with the g1 so our, our focus hasn't really been and then we're going to all in in a, in a couple weeks or next week next wow week. yeah that came up really close so i kind of forgetting i keep forgetting all ins next yeah. week too by the way but you know like you know so our taste and our interest is being you know a wrestling podcast and being involved with other wrestling shows uh has taken our attention away from wwe you know a lot more over the last year but i had no problem oh well, i mean i guess i had some problems but i really enjoyed all of the stuff that wwe presented this week and i was i, I kind of went online with that weird like especially after SummerSlam, i thought i'm gonna go online and it's gonna be positive i just felt in my heart that it was going to be different than every other time and that people were going to go yeah this was a really good show and nobody did. And no one did that. So I didn't read anything <laughs> until Wednesday. So, okay. like, I stay, I try to stay off social media until I've watched everything wrestling that week. So after I watch SmackDown, usually. Okay. Uh, so I don't like to wow. read. I don't like so reading. So then you can just get the surge of everything. So I don't like reading other people's reviews knowing that I have to talk about wrestling. Yes, So I exactly. try not to have my view skewed. Um, so I usually kind of get all my thoughts about all the wrestling that week, and then I'll kind of like, so I'll see what everybody else is thinking. And I do the same thing. I'm like, well, okay, everything was really good this week. There's obviously nothing bad anybody can say. Well, I mean, there's bad, there were some bad things. I mean, there's not, there were bad things. Great things, but it wasn't god awful, and it's not the worst SummerSlam I've ever seen. Yeah. Things that are getting thrown around now. I just, yeah, that's that's the thing I keep. I don't I've understand. seen that. I've seen people say it was the worst show they've ever seen. Which At I no point, while go, me and you have, were watching it Sunday night, that I'll go, man, do you want to turn this off? Because this is really bad. No, I mean, I thought Extreme Rules was okay and not great. Mm-hmm. I thought these shows were really good. So I, you can already point to just the previous show. It's already a better than the last show. Agreed. It felt like a it felt like a big pay per view. It did for it that did. for one thing. And it didn't feel like a B show. They had a quite a few big fight feel matches. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was the Roman and Brock match, and then um the Ronda match. Mm-hmm. No matter how quick and squashy it was. Yeah. And then the AJ and Samoa Joe is like they made a big match out of that um pretty quickly with storylines with SmackDown. So it had a lot of big matches. It had a b- lot of big moments. And I think they all really delivered on it. I thought maybe you could argue that The Miz and Daniel Bryan felt like it felt like a first one. It felt like they yeah, were holding back, yeah, which yeah. is fine. It's the same thing. With, I kind of also would agree about Samojo and AJ Styles. Yes. Um, and that is one thing that I don't like about the way they treat SummerSlam now is that it's kind of the, jumping, kind off of the jumping off point. They did that with WrestleMania for a little while, too, where... They would do it and then do a series of things for 
months later. I was like, don't do, you know, leave it all on the line at the big show. It shouldn't be, this shouldn't be chapter one of the book. It should be the chapter, this should be the end season, not the beginning season. So they kind of have lost their balance in that perspective, but that's a comparing, that's just, you know, that's nitpicking. When you, I feel like people don't like things, if, if you can nitpick it, it does not mean that it's bad. It just means that you can... That it's not perfect. Wrestling is never perfect. I mean, but then you just say NXT. NXT. That was almost that was a pretty close. Show. That was pretty close. So, I was worried going into NXT what Choppa and Gargano were going to do in this match. I'm like, man, they've just done everything. I'll and tell you this. How were they able to figure out a original hardcore match again? Which is weird because they never got the. Since they've turned on each other, since Ciampa turned heel, they haven't had a normal contest. They had, a, they have had a traditional just wrestling match in the Cruiserweight Classic a couple of years ago, but that was back when they were still a team. So that this is the third match of in the third and as many takeovers, which is like you know a pay per view level contest, and they're all gimmick matches. It was a where they're all essentially the same kind of match too. I mean, Last Man Standing is is a different way to win. But in terms of content of spots and different kinds of arrangement, things like that, this one, No Holes Barred and Street Fight are all very similar in what they permit you to be able to do in the match. And the fact that they all stand out very distinctly. Like, if I saw one on, I wouldn't be confused as to which one it was. As opposed to, like, comparing to the Nakamura mat- matches with AJ Styles over that they did so many times. I couldn't tell like, you which one You couldn't tell. One, yeah. I don't know if you could tell what one was what. Unless you just had the audience lights memorized or something like that. So yeah, that was great. And all, you know, people like to complain about PG ruining the grittiness of pro wrestling. I think that's proof right there is that that was all very, I mean, <laughs> I guess it was PG. It's definitely not G. Um, now, the, very cris- violent. the criticism whole- of SummerSlam that I, and I kind of agree with it. There's no match on there that I want to go back and see. Yeah. You know, uh, like a year from now, we're not going to be like, man, you remember SummerSlam from Remember that specific match. That's not I'll say happen. that, see, last year, I felt they acted like there was only one, which was the main event, the Fatal 4-Way with Lesnar, Braun, Brock, that was really and good. Joe, yeah, yeah, which was yeah, also really yeah. good. But I thought the Raw tag titles between Ambrose and Rollins against the bar last year was excellent. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And yeah. the sh- it was on the pre-show, but the Usos versus the New Day match was, amazing. was ridiculously good. And I remember that match, actually. Um, but I felt like this show overall was stronger. It's what I've seen people compare, like, uh, talking about WrestleMania 30 versus 31. 31 was a show where the whole show was consistently good, but then it also had the bonus of, like, the Seth Rollins cash at the end was, like, that moment that yeah, kind of yeah, did yeah. it. And this, this SummerSlam kind of teased it, but it ultimately was what I thought it was, so, which is that it was all smoke and mirrors to just disguise the fact how do you that, feel about that Roman was going to win the belt. How do you feel I about thought it was uh, good. the Braun and... Well, knowing now what happened on Raw, which a lot of people also don't like that, I love it. The Shield? I love the whole Shield thing. I thought the... So, Dean Ambrose came out and had a match earlier in the show. He's with Seth. He's wearing his new gear, which are just skinny gray jeans and his t-shirt. He changes the color of his jeans and his t-shirt. It's all new. And then, Roman has an excellent match against Finn Balor, defends the Universal title. It made Finn look like a million bucks. Yes, it did. Roman was healing it up in that match, too. Mm-hmm. He was looking at Finn like... He gave him the shot, which I thought was really uh, admirable of him. I thought the whole of his promos about saying like he deserves it was really good to get people on his side. I was like, okay, yeah. But then in the match, just watch Roman's face when he's looking at Finn. It's like he's giving him that, like, you don't belong in this ring with me, son, kind of. Like that double jab of, like, you don't belong me and, like, and like I'm your superior kind of yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So then when Finn would take it to him... The whole audience is like ridiculously into it because they think that Finn's going to win, and then he doesn't. And but I don't think he looks. I don't think. I think it. He doesn't look bad losing. Yeah. Yeah. And then Braun comes out, and then you hear the Shield, you know, tag at the beginning because it's still Roman's music. Um, and then Dean and Seth come out, but now they're wearing their Kevlar, which I thought was a little. That was one little. It was a little hokey that it meant that they went back and like put different clothes on to them. Just have I would like them just later. to wear their normal. Yeah, it's where like black. Uh, like yeah. Dean didn't have to change his clothes at all. You know where was Kurt Angle and his? You know like his. <laughs> he's he's on vacation. Um. Yeah, he's fired now. So so this is what I wanted to talk to you about about the there was a lot of not there's a lot of expected heel 
work at these shows. And I know a lot of people that after... So, like, Braun was going to cash in. He got cheered. Mm-hmm. He did say... He did come out and say, I was going to... He let them know, I'm going to challenge I'm going to. after the show. So, which is a much more, um, I guess, admirable approach, even though... You could say, yeah, but you're still doing it after the two guys have a match. You could, it would well, be more admirable to say, I'm going to fight you next week for the title kind of thing. But, um. So, I did understand it right, too. He didn't cash in. Like, he still has. There are his people contract. that are confused about that when they this were, is, They kind of said it in their match. So no. Like, the bell didn't ring. This is. That has happened. In my. I might be wrong that maybe it didn't happen for all of them, but from my impression, except for the people that, like, cash on the same night, every person. Does like this who's kind of had fake. the briefcase has done a cash in where they gave the ref the briefcase, but then they get attacked and the bell didn't ring, so it doesn't count. That's happened a hundred times. Yeah, for however many times. So that yeah, no, he did that doesn't count as the cash in. If it was, they would have played it up, they would have acknowledged it. But the fact that it was three on one, does that mean that the shield are heels? Or are they baby faces because it doesn't matter? Because they were still cheering for Braun. Because this is what I wanted to ask you about 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 heel turns, because I know that at the show Everyone was predicting at SummerSlam, I should say, there was great assumption after Dean Ambrose returned on the Raw before that he was going to get that he was going to turn on Seth Rollins at the show. Correct? Yeah, I mean, me and you even like I did the whole because Dean and they were hinting at it because they kept the camera on him a really long time after the match. Yeah. You're like, okay, it's gonna happen now. It's gonna happen, happen now. now. It's gonna happen now. It's it got gonna... to the point where anytime Seth turned his head slightly, that's it. You'd be like, here it is. Here it's coming. And then it didn't happen. And then, but then we discussed, or I had mentioned, one of us said something to the effect that it would it be a heel turn if he attacks Seth and then the audience cheers because you know that would happen. And the same thing with the whole teasing of Paul Heyman aligning with Roman Reigns in the main event. People thought that Roman was going to turn heel, aligned with Paul. Paul was going to screw over Lesnar, and that Les and that Roman would turn heel. But again, the question is: but if you're turning heel to get the people who are booing him to like him, is that really turning him heel? Because then again, he would get cheered, right? And then, as there was also the rumor about Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch did quote-unquote turn on charlotte but the second she smacked her the audience erupted because they thought that she deserved it right you know and then on smackdown did you watch did you watch her promo on smackdown yes where they are not going to get people to boo her her. and she kept trying her best to be like i don't care about you guys so you guys were were you guys there behind me the audience was like yes we we were we always have been yeah that's the wrong person to turn heel yeah i agree because it was one of those times where the heel... It's like the... Um, I will say that the best heel tactics are when the heel is right, but they go too far. Like my favorite ex- or a recent example is when AJ Styles was mad at Shane McMahon a few years ago, and they fought at WrestleMania. And because he never got a rightful like rematch for being WWE Champion, now he's not going to be on WrestleMania. Right. Everyone's like, that's true. And then he threw Shane McMahon's like, face through like the windshield of a car, and everyone's like, AJ, that was too much. Like, <laughs> like we know yeah, you're mad at him, I, I do but come that. on, but that's that's too far. And that's the point, is that you're right, but you're being an asshole. It's the, it's the, it's the Big Lebowski line where Walters is like, am I wrong? And I was like, no, you're not wrong. It you're just an, yeah, asshole. you're an asshole. It's not about whether or not you're right or wrong. It's, that you're, it's how you're behaving in response to what you're saying. And I don't think what Becky did push the envelope enough. It was her first heel turn, you know, and the women's division doesn't go that crazy all out with the violence the way they do with the guys. I think, I don't know why they don't. I mean, I say that, but then the stuff that Ronda did with Alexa Bliss was pretty cringy of like, ugh, Jesus. So, um, I don't know. You know I, don't, little... I don't know what they would have to do for her, Becky. Like her specifically, but like to be healed. See, when, but the, what I'm saying is that when that match, when she turned on her, you said to me, "But is this a heel turn because they're cheering her?" Yeah, and that's my question to you: is like, what is a heel now in W? Like, so like in Wildcat, for example, we were just talking about Johnny Flex. Johnny Flex is how what five feet tall, soaking wet, and and technically he's a heel, right? And well, he was a heel with the Pump Patrol because they come out and they wear the sweatbands and they act like they're stronger than everybody. And it was like the idea of a joke of this guy being so small, thinking that he was stronger than everybody else. And then, and clearly everybody he goes up against is stronger than him. But then he'd have these matches with Luke Hawks or Matt Lancey who would just throw him, rag him off him around the ring. 
and he would get sympathy from the audience because they want him to fire back. But then you could tell that he was still trying to work heel, trying to get people to like hate him. Same with Danny Flamingo, where Danny was arguably 101 tactics of how to be a jerk in pro wrestling. And then because people, I guess, just appreciated, I know for me, it was like I just loved how well he did at being an asshole that I would cheer him. I do the same thing with Kevin Owens. Like, he's such a good jerk that you cheer him. The same with The Miz. The Miz gets cheered now. Because it's like he's earned respect. So it's like, I don't know what you're supposed to do in terms of like, and then like Elias is one of those guys where he'll, you know, run down the audience and people will boo him. But then he'll say the WWE stands for and everybody cheers with him and they cheer when he plays guitar. So I don't know exactly. Can you be a heel in pro wrestling right now? Like, I mean, I mean, I say that, but then you got Ciampa who came out in NXT and and then the snarkiest of all wrestling fans are going to be at the NXT show, right? Ciampa. And there are you chanting him for being a heel. So you can't say that it can't work. To the simple fact, of, he took a of DDT that, to the, the wood and the crowd is going, you, you deserve, deserve it. it. Yeah. And that only loosely happens to face guys. And is, it like, and is it that a testament to how good they are? I mean, it is a testament, it is a to, testament to how, testament good, how they are, good he is. That they went so around the meta narrative that they went back to, we're just going to sink our teeth into this entire story where you're the asshole and we're going to boo the shit out of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, they do the same thing with Cody in, in Ring of Honor when we went to the All-Star show. Cody's a guy that's res- chance too. respected. Yeah. Everybody understands his lot. Like, he's a heel. You boo yeah. Cody. But you love him, yeah. like you understand wrestling enough that you know you're supposed to boo him. It's it's to a person by person basis because yeah. I mean you look at something else like Drew and Ziggler, they're heels, yeah, they're getting boos, which is mm-hmm. awesome because they are awesome right now. So they're doing. I don't. I don't. I don't know wrestling anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like, so I, I don't know. Like, and the, that's why the example about Dan, about Danny is because Danny, when Danny came on, he was a, he was still a jerk, but he had just won the belt where he got a standing ovation from the audience and we had got him on because of how strong a reception and since that time he's been a babyface one of the top babyfaces for for the promotion so he doesn't act he isn't as much of a heel as he used to be even though his character is inherently heelish it's like the Kevin Owens thing, or like Braun Strowman Braun Strowman's a babyface quote unquote yeah but everything he does i would argue is not babyface-ish I mean, I guess he did another... win the tag titles with the with the child. Oh, that yeah. was nice. But Braun other is than that, not a, he's not a heel. Like I, I, there's nothing Braun does. But like define heel. I don't know. Def- like, the heel is supposed to make the Miz. people cheer the babyface, yes. right? Yeah. So does that mean that every heel that's fought Roman Reigns is just a shit heel because they're not doing their job? Technically, right? Technically, I mean, Chomp is doing his job. I mean, I mean, I, I asked the question, but that is the technical. The idea is that right. the heel is to do. Is the open that the the babyface's job is to be the ch- guy that people cheer. The heel's job is to make sure the people want to see him win. And however they do that is how they do that. It's the same why villains are always more interesting because they, by definition, are more interesting. The hero has to stay the course, has to try to win. The bad guy can try to win more than the he- the good guy. He can try to get out. Really, you know, he doesn't have to do any of those kinds of things. Right. So there's know. more room. So it's more interesting. But then sometimes in the effort to be interesting, they lose sight of the job of what they're supposed to be doing. Like right now, Becky's supposed to be, I guess, putting the heat on. Like Randy Orton's a good example in that his actions are very heelish, but then he's still getting that light like... Because it's Randy Orton. He's Randy Orton kind of pop. Even though he can stick his hands down his pants and everything and people still like him apparently. Oh, God, yeah. But it was a good... It's been a good... For me, it's been a very good week of wrestling. Yeah. And We're in Knock America, apparently, according to the Shinsuke Nakamura. I like that. I, like, I mean, you know, the New Day won the belts. The New Day are tag in a really again. awesome hardcore match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know. We're getting Joe screamed night night at a child over the television was one of the, my favorite things I've ever it heard might anybody have been say. Slightly creepy. Yeah. Um, we're getting a Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Okay, so this is that uh, is the one thing. Mag tag so match. that's the one because you know I was really asking for that, and I'm really glad WWE gave me that. This so. is why I don't like the Bellas, and I know that I argue with your wife about this a lot because she 
likes the Bellas. She, she likes does. Total Bellas. She, she likes watches Total. It. I love the 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 B team thing with the Miz, where they said that they're gonna have a, their own TV show called Total Fellas, but with the B, like the B team. So it's gonna be Total Bellas. <laughs> I love that the was hilarious. Man. But so the reason I don't like the 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 Bella twins for a number of reasons other than the fact that they're quintessential divas in an, a time where we're trying to be moving away from that if the idea is to get the belts off of Carmella and Alexa because they're not as credible as people like Charlotte and Ronda Rousey I don't think the next step is to then bring back the Bella twins but other than that it's the company loves them so much. Yeah. And there's a reason why. They, they do they're a very lot popular. People really like them. Yeah. I get that. They have a very popular show that's a popular with not just wrestling fans. People outside of wrestling fans watch that E show. So, But it just obscures their awareness of the narrative that they're telling as if no one's paying attention. And when you're, and there's nothing, I understand the sentiment of that it's just wrestling. But if the company presenting the story that likes to tell people that we're storytellers, like we're, it's not about wrestling, it's entertainment, we're storytellers, and then they seem to just throw in things that make absolutely no sense, i.e. What didn't make sense, man? That the Bella Twins were help, were celebrating Ronda Rousey becoming women's champion with her best friend Natalia at SummerSlam. Why were they out there? And then also then the next night, just standing around the ring with the, with the raw women's locker room like as they, if they've like always they been it. there yeah as if they're there like i mean but it's not it's just and no, they, they really treat it like that like oh these are just members of the roster that's what i'm saying which didn't make any sense to me and then even on smackdown i know that like maurice and the miz have their own show and maurice has been involved in saying things to daniel too but it didn't feel like what she said was enough for me to feel it warranted a Brie mode and Brie running down to the ring and, and getting involved. So before it happened... That doesn't make sense. So before it happened, I was like, to my wife, I turned around and I was like, Brie mode! Mm-hmm. And then it happened I was like, I was just joking. <laughs> like, I told you that they were going to do a I mixed tag joking. match and I was like, I don't know and why. And now they're doing it. Yeah. So I felt like I put it out in the universe before it happened and so it's my fault. Well, they have to do it because they can't acknowledge the John Cena and Nikki Bella one anymore. This is true. I guess. This is true. I guess. Yeah. So that that's that it's one been element, week of wrestling. The stuff with Ronda Rousey narratively later doesn't didn't make a lot of sense. I didn't like I someone pointed out to me it's like when she was saying like this is not about us, this is about you guys that it's like you could easily play it off like Ronda saying like, you know, without of all of your guys' hard work, I would have never been be, able yeah, to be here yeah. to be champion. So thanks. It's like Jesus Ronda, what a dick thing to say. But you know, but like, she, she long term they'll turn Ronda heel and they'll be fine. Yeah, but she does a lot for the 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 women's wrestling because there's there's just a lot of eyes on her. There are a lot of fans of her. Yeah, but it's just like I so realize like, a celebrity can come in and just like go, oh, we've been doing this forever. We built this like division when she's been wrestling for three months. Yeah. I mean, let alone the fact that anytime they do anything with women, they have to make sure Stephanie McMahon comes out there. And they just have to and again, make sure you're paying attention to all the changes they're doing. Which is like, you know, if you just treat it. the women with respect, that's enough. You don't have... Like, it makes it feel less special that you have to pull them out and go, Look, look, look. We have a new Raw Women's Champion. And we have all the women out here to make sure that we all applaud and clap and notice how awesome the women wrestling stuff is. They don't do that with... Like, Seth Rollins didn't get a coronation. Neither he did... Neither did Roman. Roman should have. Yeah, that would have been great. So, do you like the Shield thing that the the Shield is back? You didn't answer my question. Are the Shield heels? I want them to be. Do you think Shield after what happened? Normally, that, that means that they're heels. Shield normally is. They jumped one person mm-hmm. on Monday night. It wasn't like they did. Like they came out to save Rome. They came out to save Roman for one thing. They and they jumped one person. They to jumped. stop them from cashing in a contract. Yeah. For Roman, uh-huh. by the way. <laughs> well, that's what they were. That is what the shield was. Exactly. They were the shield for Punk. It's just now they're going to be the shield for, for Roman. Roman, I guess. And, and I'm fine Rollin. with that if they use that. So I want them not to... If they're going to do shield, they need to do shield, which I feel like they were going to do last time. They already have two of three belts on the show. Mm-hmm. Go win the tag team belts now. They and have... They, they run... They have they had Bo and Curtis... M- 
bump into Roman exactly. several times backstage. So now but they, that can't be. If that was leading to that, that'd be amazing. That's fine. I just feel like Ro- but if they do that match, it needs to not be a match for one thing. It needs to be a squash, and they instantly lose the belt. But that's what's going to happen. It's going to be. See, that's the thing, though. Like, because then someone was saying like that they'll have Braun team with Dolph and Drew, but Braun is a babyface. Yeah, he's I not going to want to hang out. I like mean, Kevin they can build up the tension. With, oh, and, you talking what, about and Jinder or uh, Corbin? That's not a match know. I want to see. I don't know. Corbin's now manager. Match quality manager. that match with with the Drew Dolph Braun versus the Shield would be nice. At Hell in a Cell would be good. They're gonna so they announced that they are going to be at this uh, whatever the Australia show. This is where Triple H is fighting Undertaker. Yeah, what was that? I don't know what that was. That promo where he said, I it's can't, really I'm not going to say yes to this match because we had an end of an era match. And because of the end of an era match, I called Vince and said, we're going to have the match. Yeah. That's the, that's, <laughs> that's the clip notes on the, on the promo. So if you were confused, you had the right to be confused. All right. Okay. We're going to go ahead and take a break and then we're going to come back with, uh, Roz. Roz, um, is going to be, calling in from england so uh kind of bear was this for sound quality while we still work on getting phone calls but we can take phone calls i now, think so. it's gonna sound great hope so uh, they've worked a lot on the technology technology of england lately. yeah but it's not everybody else's technology it's me figuring out everybody's technology i have there's like 20 wires you see all the wires behind me that's connected to this wires. thing yeah so i'm not even sure how it's gonna work so we're gonna figure it out and like i said we're gonna come right back with Roz. we'll be right back in the world where no one knows what movies are coming out during the week, where your movie future is bleak and uncertain, comes Future Flicks with Billiam. Hi, I'm Billiam. On my show, I go over every movie that's coming out during the week so you don't miss a thing. I have a pick of the week so you will know which movie you just have to see, and I also go over news and trailers that caught my eye. So check out Future Flicks with Billiam each week on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app. I'll see you in the future. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, Bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. So, we are back from break, and we are joined by our special guest, uh, Roz. Hello, Roz. It it is Roz, right? It's not Raish, like... uh... No, uh, like the con- ghoul, the confusion with the the Batman series. No, it's not the whole Raz or Ghoul. It's I mean over here it's pronounced Raz, but the Americans always seem to pronounce it Raz. So I just leave it at that. Have I been spell- saying it wrong just like the whole time I've known you? I don't know. There's like ten different ways that people say it. So Raz is uh from England. If you can't tell, where where in England are you from, man? The Northwest. Okay, that, that there is a doubt for us. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, uh, I you know, I'm a, I'm from a county called Lancashire. Okay, Lancashire. Lancashire. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, wow. gotcha. Goodness Christ! Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Roz is a somewhat nerdy OG. Um, Roz, uh, obviously, if you paid attention to the website or listened to podcasts before, I which started, I don't, so I know you don't. I started this website, somewhatnerdy.com. Uh, I don't know how many years ago, a long time ago. And Roz was the first guy that ever I ever hooked up with to start writing for the website. So Roz literally is um, my brother from another mother, mm-hmm. the first guy that's ever came onto the the website. And it finally took me two years to get him onto the podcast. So thank you, Roz, for oh, being here. I'm also the guy that named this podcast. You are the guy that named this podcast. The Nerds of the Squared Yeah, Circle? he came up with that. Okay. And I think he trademarked it on me, so we can't trademark it. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Uh, well, welcome I, to the I show, Roz. the profit. <laughs> well, there ain't been none yet, so there you <laughs> yeah. go. So how long have you been... Uh, you So I assume since you were the OG of the wrestling portion of the somewhat nerdy you know, network and universe and whatnot, I assume that you're a big wrestling fan? Well, yes, big time. So big how, long, time. how long have you been watching? Um, since I was about six years old. Oh, wow, yeah. It's so, always it's always blows my mind when people say that they've been watching that young because it, I, I know that it's because like a, a parent 
put them in front of the television or like or kind of thing. You're usually you're watching with some other adult, but whenever someone says it, I always think like a six year old like flipping channels and they sittle on like pro wrestling. It that, just kind of blows my mind. That was exactly. I was a TV child, and all yeah. it was was flicking through. All it was was pressing the remote one day, and there was two big guys fighting. I couldn't tell you who they were or what it was, but I just remember two big guys fighting, and that was it. I was hooked. So, what did y'all have over there? Did y'all have WWE or WWF at the time, or was it like this a a, a British promotion? We sort of had an old British wrestling, but around that time was when not long before that we just had Bret Hart and British Bulldog at Wembley for the yeah. first. I think it was SummerSlam. It was SummerSlam 92, yeah. Yeah. Sam knows everything, by the way. (laughs) I've listened to everyone. He's an encyclopedia. But we just had that, and that was sort of the burst of what was WWF into England. Um, But from there, it was like, it wasn't on regular uh, television. It was when you could catch it. Mm -hmm. So you won't won't get a full show or pay-per-view. It was like... Sort of like what Heat used to be. Like, here's a snippet of what happened in this match. And- oh, okay. like what would come out on, like, the weekends here would be this, like, yeah. snippets of this- what happened that week. Yeah, yeah, this week in WWF. Gotcha. Know, and that that's sort of what we'd get. Um, and it was only, it, as the whole Attitude Era rolled in, it got bigger and bigger, and we got full shows. So when did um, y'all get start getting raw like on regular? Uh, I'm gonna say about '96, '97. Okay, yeah. all right. It's not that far. That's not that's not bad then, because that's about when the I only, started watching regularly. The only, the only problem with it was was because obviously I'm over in England was the time difference, and they showed it live. That's what I was gonna say. Like when, especially like watching pay per views, like how because it here we're at Central Time, so the shows will start at around seven o'clock. What time do the shows start where you're at? Well, hey, how about you tell them what time it is there right now, Ross? Right now, it's quarter past three in the morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Thanks for staying up with us. I really yeah, appreciate that. Pleasure. So, like, is that about how late it is when the show starts? Like, you know, you stay up until, like, five in the morning to watch WWF pay-per-view? Um, if I or can, any pay-per-view, yeah. really. Um, well, I mean, obviously, back then, when I was younger, it was out of the question. It was all VHS recorded, mm-hmm. you know. Um, nowadays, I, if I can't stay awake, then I will. I won't watch it, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, back then it was. I mean, it's we. It was different for us in every sense because one thing that always boggles me is when you watch the whole like, deal of doing all these things about the WWF and the WCW and the whole Monday Night Wars. Over here, it wasn't a Monday Night War. We had WCW about once every two weeks for about <laughs> half an hour. Really? Okay. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah, even yeah. think about so, that. Yeah. So when I'm watching, you know, like documentaries on it, like they had the whole Monday Night War series on the network. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying, you know, you're flipping back and forth, you're flipping back and forth, and it's, for me, it wasn't nothing like that at all. See, I never yeah. even thought about y'all never getting WCW. Well, it's even like, like even today when they they won't film Raw live because they'd have to do it at three in the morning. So I guess they do it earlier in the day for y'all at like they time they yeah. film it at seven your time, and then they just play it stateside at the correct time normally. So all usually the spoilers here, are usually available. Uh, they're in the arenas for about three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh wow! Okay, that's so crazy. That is weird. Yeah, I mean, no WC. Man, that's just weird because uh, here in South America, not South America, South America, America, <laughs> South of America, uh, America South. Uh, WCW is really big, so we all watched WCW because that mean, was you did. The, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I did. Um, that because that was the area that WCW was really popular at. Mm-hmm. So when it became TV, most mm-hmm. of us just watched WCW because Sting and stuff like that that promoted around here was on TV. Well, in a sense for us it was it was good in a way because it was more of a mystique. Like we knew about people like Sting and, right, right, right. you know, the outside the whole NWO thing was just so mysterious over here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so when we'd see snippets of these characters or these matches, it was a big deal. So the tape trade had to be a whole lot more huge. Yeah. Well for us it was WWF was, you know, the top dog. And then underneath that, you had WCW, which had more of an underground following, but still had that mainstream line because people knew certain wrestlers, you know. So we knew who Scott Hall was. We knew who Hulk Hogan was. Uh, Yeah. You know, things like that. And then ECW was sort of like the, what became like the backyard wrestling. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it was this insane thing that was happening underground over in America somewhere. Cause back then, obviously there was no internet. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there was no YouTube to 
look at clips. It was all, here's a video that I found, and it's been copied 18 times. So you can sort of see RVD and grainy footage, <laughs> you know, in, things like that. It's interesting what you're saying, but it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that that generation has kind of formed when you find out that it was so limited that I guess the fans that kind of grew up during that big wrestling boom in the late 90s and the need or desire to have a more strong presence of that uh, American style pro wrestling in mm. in uh, the UK has bred has led to what's become like a really big surge of wrestling. You know, the British strong styles become almost mm. as popular as the idea of the Japanese style of wrestling, where you've got well, progress and you've got World of Sports come back and you got NXWWE yeah. UK NXT. I mean, what is it like that over there as a wrestling fan? to suddenly have this surge of wrestling kind of coming up in that area? Well, I mean, over here, it's only been the last, I'd say, five to eight years Yeah, that it's become acceptable to, you know, talk, oh, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan too. And it's only been in the last, like I said, five to eight years that, like, WWE have been selling out arenas in the UK. Yeah. Um, you start, like I said, um, over here, WWE was the top dog and still is now, which is why they can charge up to... 80 pounds for a nosebleed ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they do the same thing over here. But over here, I mean, if you look at it, at what British wrestling has become with the world of sports and progress, it's it reminds me very much of that sort of mid, mid-attitude era. Oh, yeah, the attitude, um, you know, with I the feel personality-wise. Like... Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, progress is all, like, progress was, and you heard me talk about it on the podcast before, was my favorite promotion from WrestleMania weekend. It has that punk rock British yeah, style, you know, guy that's really doing like the uh, MC. I can't think of his name at the moment, but it stands out in my head because it was just, it was so delivered, so British. And what, what does that mean? I don't <laughs> even know what that means. But Ross, do you know what, what he's trying to say? <laughs> I mean, I get what you're trying to say. It's just. But it was so different from everything I've seen on WrestleMania weekend that it just stands out in my head. And like now that I'm just You really... can't put your finger on it, but it did. It it's did. Different. You could tell that they are from a different place. Yes. Like the, their style, their approach to. This, this even delivering the show to you. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. It's different. It's um, a completely different package. Yeah. Yeah, and it's awesome because, like I said, it's one of my favorite promotions. My indie, my, one of my favorite indie promotions, and there are so it's, many it, English guys. It's so guys. strange to hear that though, because over here, it's so underground. Unless, unless you know what wrestling is, right? Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, and they just got off an American tour uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean so, over over here, they're not. It's they're not exactly selling out places. Yeah, so where are they based out of? How far away from you? Well. It, they're not based in one area. Over so they here. travel, right? Yeah, it's traveling around. The closest have been is about two and a half hours away from here. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. The roster that they've got is incredible. But yeah, they have this big guy Walter, which yeah. is like freaking crazy big. And well, awesome, they had so. a good roster, but then because of the upsurge of the interest in British wrestling, and they wanted to bring World of Sport back, I think more than anything else, WWE started trying to sign. As many guys as they possibly like could. And... I feel like specifically to kind of hush World of Sport. I don't know why. That seems kind of petty, but it's WWE. It's not the first time they've done something like that. But, well, I mean, they've been snapping up into talent for the last few years. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not exclusive and, to that area. And they go through spurts, and right now they're in a pretty big spurt. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, they got Tony Storm, so it's not. And they got Matt Riddle. And they, well, Matt Riddle's not. God, I Matt... mean, Matt Riddle's been everywhere, you know, so make especially in progress things like that but he's well, not. i mean the big thing for world of sport was they managed to uh hire wade barrett which is right, right, right. Bennett, but he's not caught obviously that's a wwe product but he's Stu bennett but even people if you're trying to get them to watch it for the first time it's can be fat kind of frustrating because yeah. you're having to explain who this person was and now is and another thing i've noticed um even though See, I'm I'm not familiar with the roots of where the What Culture website is is based out of. Is that also an English based website, or is it just that all of the basis for their wrestling announcements? I don't know. Like all the wrestling news because all of their news guys also, are all is, from England. They're all so. from they're all from from the UK, and then also the Defiant Wrestling, which was What Culture what Pro culture, Wrestling, was yeah. also a yeah. British based thing too, which is where Stu Bennett first they, was. I think it's uh, half and half. I think part of it is. U.S. journal journalism, probably a production company, <laughs> quote unquote US, journalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, and then a couple of those guys that got so popular that they went off to do their own thing. So they got Cultaholic, and then you've got uh, Wrestle Talk. It's all this yeah. big boom of of even just British based yeah. wrestling analysis on the internet as well, which is just fascinating. So before the, you know, I went to a festival that had NXT wrestling. Um, the biggest cheer. I mean, you had guys, you know, like your Velveteen Dream, Ricochet. All of the big stars, the big, big, big pop of the weekend, you know, above people like Alistair Black and Adam Cole was Pete Dunne. Yeah. Yeah. Homeboy. You know, so, yeah, I love that guy. Big, big. Uh, it was so loud, you know, and you could, even though he plays the, you know, the tough role, you could see it in his face. It was a whoa moment. So that got, um, watching things like that and seeing people like Pete Dunne because you look at when you I look at the WWE roster you know I miss people like the characters of William Regal um, yeah. see that's what I was just like they, especially when they would do shows because they'll do an English two uh, overseas tours one in the spring and one in the fall and yeah. they'll always they'll, they used to do pay-per-views I think it was like Insurrection and Rebellion because they and then they've switched from doing those to being Monday Night Raws that they would do live from the UK. Well, they say live, but it's recorded. Yeah, it's recorded. And whenever they would do guys like British Bulldog or guys like William Regal, any of the guys that were from or uh, Wade Barrett, Bad News Barrett, they yeah. would typically always be heels because WWE's really never been able to get out of that. If you're not from the United America. States, you're a bad guy. But then when yeah, they would you, go if you're home, not from the United States, you're a xenophobic yeah. character. How does that come off to y'all? I mean, like, does does it bother you that if they're British, it's like all of a sudden, like, do you have doubts about Drew Galloway because he's Scottish being able to ever really be at the very top just because he's not American? Uh, for me, it's always, I think the British accent, especially based in an American company, is a great heel voice. Yeah. I mean, the last baby face I can think of that was English is British Bulldog. And then I guess they all kind of dip in and out. I mean, I guess William Regal was a babyface for a cup of coffee when yeah. he was with Eugene. Yeah. But he's, you know, notorious for being a great villain because he's so good at it. But then he'd come, then they would do shows in the UK and he, they'd have to book him like a babyface because he's, he's going to get cheered anyway. Cheered. Just like last well, year. Well, this is people, the thing. When you see, when you saw people like William Regal or Paige come out, they got a bigger reception than the likes of people, you know, if the rock had returned. Yeah, it was huge because you're finally um, getting your homeboy, and it's a, it's not yeah. just like a home city, it's not a home state, it's a national person That's coming it. back to to represent this entire region, this entire area of wrestling fans. You can always well, tell that like like that the people, you know, regardless of how well they do, that whenever I watch any of the shows from London specifically, the audience always feels like they're so just great well grateful that they're there yeah yeah as if like they've never been there before when they go twice a year at least which is no different from you know wwe does a a a buy tour everywhere they hit every city in the united states basically twice twice a year that's it over here it's it's not just another wrestling show it's an event yeah right you know it's it's not just a case of oh this is another monday night raw that's come to town it's raw has come to town and you know, it's a whole, it, there's a party atmosphere to it. So you talked a lot about when the wrestling boom and the Attitude Era kind of came about and how limited wrestling was there. Now with the WWE Network and with YouTube and the internet, everybody has so much access. It's flooded mm-hmm. with wrestling, including this past weekend we had, was it a six hour, seven hour SummerSlam show? Ten yeah. hour. Something like that, right? Eleven... <laughs> And uh, maybe twelve hours. And me, and me and Chris discussed it. We we enjoyed the show. What did you think about the show? It's as always a polarizing debate. Some people love it. Some people thought it was the worst show they've ever seen. Which I don't understand how people can go that low. But and obviously, like you said, you listen to every show, so you know I don't lo- usually just I don't hate many shows, even like the bad ones. I'm just like, yeah, you know, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, we're uncharacteristically positive. We are. I know. I'd like to think we are. I feel like sometimes we're really negative, but I don't. Think no, we every because every time life. I talk to somebody, they're like, "Man, you y'all just like everything. You'll do everything's <laughs> good to y'all," which I don't really? think is true. Yeah, Some, when people I've tell us that all the time. Sometimes I've been screaming at you. You like? Well, there's but this, it was terrible. There's <laughs> a strange sense of attachment that criticism has to be from a root of negativity. Yeah, 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 yeah. That if you're being positive, you come off like like you don't have a knowledge base because you're just being whimsical about it. And I that if you're being it. negative, it feels more critical. So, uh, so what did you think of the show, Raz? 
I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite a good summer song. I mean, like, would you say that? I mean, I you know I don't want us to step on your toes, but I assume I mean even personally for me, and I don't you know live and I live in Louisiana, and I wasn't watching at the time, but the Bret Hart British Bulldog match and Wembley is one of the most ridiculous things. It's like oh, a it's, SummerSlam that's hard to be topped. That I think leg- my- that match is legendary over here. Yeah, legendary. I mean, the pop that British Bulldog gets at the end of that match, I don't think. Is, well, I mean, it, is it's like you said, it's not else. just a hometown boy; it's a home nation boy. Yeah, and how often does that happen in the WWE? You know, so coincidentally, that, that's I think that's one of my favorite SummerSlam moments of all time. I thought this SummerSlam was really good, but I don't know. Like, do you think like next year that people that will be thinking the same thing? Do you think it was a strong show? Work rate wise, moment wise, you know, like does anything stand out? Well, I mean, WWE is just coming off the run of having like what two, three pay per views a month. Yeah, which is very and nice that it's not no more. Yeah, exactly. And now we're trying to, you know, when you're trying to see them fit, you know, Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown matches. Um, this was the first time I've watched since they've started doing that where I felt there was actually a good flow to the show. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, I thought the, I thought, yeah, I thought the whole show. I didn't feel like it was. I didn't feel like it was long the way I thought. No. Like extreme rules or backlash were long. Like I said, with the whole raw smackdown, it could feel stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this one, like I said, it just it was the first time. It just it was smooth. It was. I thought it was really well done. So we have a tradition here on the podcast, and you know where I'm going with it if you listened to it before. For any new guests or anybody new on the show to give their Top current wrestlers and top old all-time favorites. All-time favorites. You've never been wrestlers to, that you've said this so much. Look and here, I can here see you go. going through it, trying yeah, to figure, trying to figure out how out you're going to say, say it, even though you've said top this so many five times. wrestlers that don't wrestle anymore, live oh or dead. Oh my god, is that better? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't think that's better either. But uh, so yeah, so I kind of prepared you that like five minutes before we started recording. So do you have a list mm-hmm. put together for that? I do have a list, and I hate I hate you for making me do this. And that's why you kind of have to kind of pull it out of people. It's different when you're asking like an actual wrestler because mm-hmm. it's 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 a different from a because even but even wrestlers will do it. Like I, I've seen interviews with Chris Jericho and like Kofi Kingston where they'll talk like well they'll give you like their work rate like you know right now in the business I really like this guy I really like this guy and they go like okay yeah but pretend you're not a wrestler pretend you're a friend they're like oh well I love this guy yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this guy and uh, <laughs> you know so I, do you think of it more in terms of just as a fan not as a Try not to play, you know, house critic. Like, who speaks to you, like, right now? It's, like, your favorite guys in the business. Yeah, yeah to me, it's who entertains me more than anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's who, makes me, who makes me look at the screen and not start, you know, doing fidgeting something with something over here or, you know, who grabs my attention. And you watch mostly uh, WWE, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll just start off then. First off, I'd say Finn Bauer. That seems he like was... such an easy thing to, to, to pick is Finn Bauer. He's on my list. So. I don't know well, why. The thing is, with Finn Bauer, he was quite big. He started bringing up the English independent scene. Yeah. He was in uh, promotions like ICW. And he was sort of, over here as sort of the first social media star where there was pictures going around of him dressed as the Joker and Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Was that, know. was that, did that continue? Cause I know that for, he would still do shows in the UK while, and like in, um, New Japan. While he was in New Japan, did that continue while he was rising up in the, in the New Japan area as well? Yeah, I wasn't sure how often he would do tours every, or not. Like, every couple of months he'd come over and he'd, it'd be more of a special appearance, but yeah. he'd still come over. He still won belts over here. Yeah. Whilst he was in New Japan as well, so. He, uh, he trained. He has a school too. I mean, I don't think he works. He doesn't run it anymore because all full time with WWE. But, uh, Becky Lynch was a student at his school. Oh, really? He, he actually taught. Oh, Becky I didn't Lynch. know that. Yeah. Which is oh. pretty cool. All right. Next. Next. It'd have to be AJ Styles. AJ Styles, yeah. Also um, on my list. Been a fan, um, since, uh, I randomly watched him on TNA one time because, again, over here, that wasn't something that you could see every week. And it just impressed the hell out of him. Yeah, AJ is kind of the guy that you can show to anybody, even people that don't watch wrestling. And he's impressive to everybody. Yeah, he's he ticks all the boxes he on does. such a broad spectrum. You know, it's um, it's just a shame he wasn't in WWE ten years ago. I don't know. I, I think I, he got in right at the right time. I think if he had come in when he originally wanted to, he wouldn't have. He would never have been the person that he is now. No, uh, I agree. does that make sense? 
from my point of view, from people over here, it's more a kit who weren't able to access, you know, things like TNA and Impact. So you, don't, you have haven't gotten the, the exposure five, to five to ten years. I mean, you got to remember the guy's now in his 40s. So yeah, he ain't got many not, more years in him, but no, I think no. what we're going to get is going to be good. So. Undertaker's oh, yeah, I'm not, this year, I'm not so. complaining, you know, of what we're getting now. It's just over here, we haven't had that chance to have what you've had over there. Yeah, so we got Finn Balor, we got AJ Styles. Going to go back to British and going to go for Neville. Oh, Neville. Yeah. I love Neville. I love Pac. He was one of those guys that when they signed to WWE, I, f- I always thought, it should have been a bigger deal stateside that he had signed. Like when Ricochet signed, I remember people also, it didn't feel as big of a deal as I thought it would be. And it's because it kind of came with that surge of signing all these kind of yeah. big indie guys at the yeah. same time. So we kind of got into the shuffle. But he's a guy that I really feel is underappreciated in terms of how strong he is compared to all the other people in the conversation. Like specifically, like as you say, Finn Balor and AJ Styles, not a lot of people would then say Neville for some reason. Well, I think the thing is with Neville, I know he was short. But he was stacked. Yes. Yeah. There was one of the most and, jacked guys on the roster. And that weight didn't hold him down either. No, not at all. And now, obviously, contract being whatever it is now, he might show up sometime. I, mean, or... I think I heard that what in like a in a conference call, someone asked Triple H about, and he basically was like, "Oh yeah, like I, like, I, think I forget that he works. I forgot here. that he works here. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll ask about that." The last rumor I heard is that WWE was put his contract on hold, so he's got a certain amount of time. Was his contract to be on hold? Yeah, like they're just trying to they're trying to keep him off the indies. They're keeping him off all in. Yeah, they are, and that's why oh, yeah. we haven't had a big layoff of wrestlers recently. So. Because, you Please. know, we're going all in next weekend, just to let yeah. everybody know. So. We don't want to You're know. so proud about that. <laughs> I am pretty happy about this. All right, after Neville. Charlotte. Okay. Solid. I love Charlotte. She's one of them. Like, for me, like, when you talk about AJ Styles, you can let someone watch Charlotte, and she's impressive. Agreed. Agreed. She's, she's smooth and makes wrestling look easy, you know? Yes. It's like the AJ thing. It is. It's where... I, I just wish to turn her back to heel. Right. She's her father's daughter. You know. Oh, I yeah. think she's uh, Flair's always Ooh, been yeah. Don't yeah. I'd Flair character watch what wise, you say, watch what I you think say, is Chris. amazing. Uh-huh. Flair in the ring is not nothing <laughs> oh, special. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> so oh, I don't fine. know if I can continue this conversation. Send all I your hate melt you to that. us on What is Twitter? wrong with you? And you're the WCW guy. I know, it's crazy, huh? What is wrong with you? I like Flair, but his his daughter is definitely better. What? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's true. So, know uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on to your old decrepit. Uh, why are we, why are we talking about? De- what are we talking? Do you about? have one more left? I do. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna Jeff Hardy. Uh, okay, yeah. Who's got a bad back, but it's not stopping him from jumping yeah, off of you know, stupid things. Every time I hear that he's got a bad back and he goes out and does a swanton bomb into the like the ring apron and this week onto a table, then I don't feel bad for him anymore. That's what happened for Jeff Hardy over here. I mean, growing up at the age that I did, he was the guy who did it all. So the when guy that inspired a teenage, generation. Yeah. When you're a teenage boy and you're seeing this guy jump off, you know, tall ladders on through tables and it was incredible to watch at such a young age and when they returned uh jesus yeah <laughs> how long how how long have they been back now since wrestlemania 33 so about a year and a half okay okay feels like it's been longer at the time in wwe feels like eons it really, really does just it really does yeah so it's a good list of it's all guys obviously that i like i mean i would have put roman on that list obviously um but i noticed that you left him off um so we'll for good reasons for good reasons because you give me all the time about like roman reigns so (laughs) (laughs) so you don't like roman huh he's got the belt now i don't know if you saw that i did see that okay just wanted to let you know because that means you're the best I'm starting to think that you don't even like Roman Reigns. You I don't think I do anymore. You're just trying to <laughs> just get like other people riled up. Yeah. Well, like every once in a while, we get like a a stupid message on Twitter or something like that. It's yeah. like, I'm not listening to your podcast anymore. All y'all talk about is Roman. I was like, no, we don't. What are you talking That's about? That's all you talk That's about. That's all I talk about. We do talk about him a lot, I guess. Well, he's the main storyline of WWE. What do you want us to talk yeah, we about? We don't have to talk about that. Well, you don't Roman even, is, you don't even like to talk about WWE. 
He's the new John Cena. He is definitely the new John Cena. Yeah, he is the main guy. Whatever. All right, good list. Like I said, he's Roman, but other than that's a good list. Uh, so, <laughs> how about your uh, kind of non-wrestling anymore wrestlers? God, you've got to. No, I'm wording it different every single time I say it. So this is some, so confusing. We need to assemble <laughs> some sort of mirage of professionalism. These questions. Yeah. Uh, retired, I can't even say the thing I'm right, trying to say. Retired wrestlers. Uh, okay. How about retired wrestlers? Okay. Uh, first off would be Ultimate Warrior. I still can't get over the fact. I was at the show where he gave that speech. The final died speech? The next day. Uh, yeah, that was in New Orleans. Oh, that was in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, he did. It was so crazy. And now they've just ruined it with that stupid PR Warrior Award at the Hall of Fame yeah. every year. <sighs> Don't get me started. It's not that, that bad. Oh, Warrior it's, for me was... I. He was a superhero on screen. I was never a Hulk fan. I was never a, yeah. you know, a Hulkamaniac. For me, it was Warrior. I was yeah. Warrior all the way. So uh, I imagine did you know the uh, the his match with Randy Savage at uh, the Wembley show also stands out as like a big one. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it gets was, under it gets underappreciated because I mean like the Bret Hart uh, Bulldog match is like a five star considered you know one of those lore matches that then everything oh, yeah. else on the undercard kind of gets forgotten about but it's like that all happened at that same ridiculous show too you know including that, whole, Warrior and the that whole summer slam is just it is one of the top three summer slams easily yeah okay so so ultimate warrior next one would be sean michaels mm-hmm I think he's on everybody's list. He is on everybody's Pretty list. He's much. not on my wife's list. She doesn't She doesn't like him. That doesn't make any sense. She doesn't like him as a person. Oh, well, that's fair. He's yeah. better now. I it's, mean, like me and bon- I- it's like me and Bono. I, can, I, I know that I should be able to get over it, but I don't like him. He does a lot of good things. Wow. He's got a lot of good things. I don't like him. He looks too much like Robin Williams. Well, you could say the same thing about choosing Ultimate Warrior. You know? I mean, yes, yeah, you could yeah, do yeah. the same thing, yeah. I, or Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did not mean that with any other attached to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Shawn Michaels, he's you know he, he's the legend he is for a reason. The matches he put on were, yeah, they were just incredible. And he's he's kind of the weirdness out of uh, everybody you said so far because he might be the only guy like legend level that can probably still go right now. He doesn't look much different than he did, other than his hair. You think that just because of how he looks does that mean that he'd be able to? Uh, go. he can go. He can still well, he said this recently because people keep wanting to see one more match. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying, no, you want to see Shawn Michaels from 10 to 15 years, years ago doing one more match, not 50-odd-year-old Shawn Michaels. And plus his eyes have gotten like way closer together. That was happening when he was wrestling Undertaker. This those, is true. those were those classic this matches. Plus he cut his hair, <laughs> so he's not Shawn Michaels anymore. This is true also. So. Well, he lost his smile when he cut his hair. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I always I like to forget that he said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep waiting for Dolph Ziggler to say it. I like to forget that he did that and then was back on television like three weeks later. He did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Shawn Michaels. Uh, next one would be The Rock. I know yeah. he's not fully retired. Yeah, because he's probably fighting Roman next year at WrestleMania. Uh, so. I don't know. I mean, he's retired. It, he's not wrestling right now. So yeah. Well, it's one of them. You never know. Is he gonna? Especially when WrestleMania season rolls around, is he gonna come? Is he gonna not? Um, Seth Rollins thinks he should stay home. (laughs) Seth Rollins did say he should stay home. They don't need him. And I agree with that to a point. The idea of you can't make a new guy stand on their own if you keep bringing back the other guys. But well, it's just like the same people who were saying they want to see the Rock back at WrestleMania are also the ones complaining that Roman's headlined the last what three or four. WrestleMania's yeah. about to be five. Yeah. yeah. No, Ronda Rousey's gonna break his streak. You think so? Mm-hmm. I think Roman will be the main line again. I, I think that. I think that's. I think they gotta. They gotta ride this wave. They did. There's too many firsts. That the last first they have left is. I mean, I guess they. Yeah. No, they need a. It's gotta be a main event of WrestleMania. It could be a co-main yeah. event. This be first. It will be co-main events. It just that's gonna be the last, last match. one. Yeah. Possibly. Possible. I can see them putting uh, Ronda in there. I hate that co-main event stupid thing. There's there have There's been only thirty four main, main, main WrestleManias. Main yeah. There have been thirty four main events, and yes. that main event is whatever came on left. All right. Oh, after Shawn Michaels, uh, the Undertaker. Of course, oh, I knew, I knew yeah. you were gonna say that. So. Well, that you know, I'm like a big fan. I've always been of it. When you picture the Undertaker, who what what Undertaker do you think of? Like, what's your quintessential Undertaker era? For me, it was the whole uh, Ministry era. Okay. Yeah. So the no mustache, from, goatee. No. Really thinks he's the, the devil. Going from the purple gloves to the more all black 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. You know, that I was sort of that transition. And sacrificing people on Mondays. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Oh, you have to. He's the Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker is the reason why we have Stephanie McMahon. This is true. Because he kidnapped her. And then we put we, her on that big Because I don't think she wanted to be on TV. But then they needed that angle. And then she did really well. And they kept using her. And she now, was really bad. I mean, you can complain really about bad. her now, but at least she does her job well. Whatever that job is, but... At least you know you don't like her, so you don't you don't cringe anymore when Stephanie grabs a microphone. Yeah, not, not for the same reasons. My problem reason. now with <laughs> Stephanie is I just never know if we should be cheering or booing her. You're not you're supposed to be cheering her. I don't want to talk about. No, no I don't. Yeah. Uh, so Undertaker. Yeah. Undertaker. I still like. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't like it. I like his American Badass gimmick. Not at first. I mean, I, I liked it at first, but I think his his run when uh, they did the brand split and he was on SmackDown, right, right, right. the stuff he did with yeah. Lesnar and stuff like that, that kind of gets forgotten about. People always kind of think of the Kid Rock. I mean, he was kind of still out of shape, and he was like, and I enjoyed those kind of stuff from a character perspective anyway. But he did put out some good matches while he was. What the whole American Badass? You just saw him wet loose. You yeah, I like, the way him. He, I like the way he would do promos because his promos, I mean, The Undertaker is as a rule very hokey and you just kind of buy it. Yeah. But I really appreciated that when he would then get on the microphone as a, he would not, he was not a character. He was just speaking from the heart and it always felt very threatening because, you know, it was just that guy. Well, it's to... one of them for me with the whole American badass thing. The one promo that always sticks out in my mind was when um, he was having a conversation with Tommy Dreamer, mm-hmm. and it was the whole t- time when Tommy Dreamer, I heard you'll eat anything. Oh, God, Tommy, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember Tommy this. Dreamer was being sick. That was a yeah. really weird gimmick. Do you know about this, Chris? Yeah, so I he, do remember this. And he puked, like, he puked in the ring, and there was a, he had, like, a match with, that's how they got into the rivalry with Jeff, because, like, Jeff was saying that he hadn't done anything, like, big in a long time. So what he did was that while Undertaker was wrestling Tommy Dreamer, right after Tommy Dreamer puked or whatever it was, it was he Jeff ran out and drop kicked Undertaker so that he fell into all the stuff. Ew, it was disgusting. Awesome. Yeah. Hello. WWE Network. Nine ninety nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Is that your list? Uh, one more. Roman Reigns. Uh, no. Yeah, I wish he was retired, but there you go. <laughs> I walked right into it. <laughs> uh, it's. It can be a sore subject matter, but for me, it's Chris Benoit. Ooh, see now that is one of those things where I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about whole... what happened. But I will we've say, done this, we've done a podcast well, on him before. It's yeah. like you said before. You know, you could say you didn't like Ultimate Warrior the person, or Shawn Michaels the person, or Hogan the person. You didn't have to like what Benoit did, but Benoit for me, the wrestler, was the first one that made me sit down and take note of what technical wrestling was. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing is that he was a beloved performer before any of that stuff came to light and before any of those actions were taken and for the people who can't see past that i totally sympathize and get that but for me it's like there's the person and there's the character and the character i'll always be able to remember before that happened what that character was like and so i'll always be able to appreciate what he was able to do during that time if that makes sense but like i said he yeah oh yeah definitely he was you know the first one that it wasn't all spot wrestling you know like i yes. said before but it wasn't you know the tlc matches or you know things like that. this was the guy that was like oh my god what what is he doing you know and he was the closest the first... to real wrestling like as close to being amateur wrestling with while still being catches catch can style is Chris yeah. Benoit. and maybe you... andy guerrero yeah but they're kind of even with well there other. you go yeah. and like you didn't get it like because we were talking about it earlier i watched Chris Benoit like in early wcw days Four Horsemen. Yeah, so whenever he was on there, and then whenever he came over with Jericho and uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero and all those times. Dean Malenko. Yeah. Harry Sutton. Those are, like, he was, I already knew him, so he was already one of my top guys, and like we talked about on the podcast when we did it, I think last year when we did the Chris Benoit episode, um, yeah, he's a guy that you're almost not allowed to talk, you're not allowed to talk about anymore. But as wrestling fans, yeah, we can obviously see what he did for wrestling, especially in the time that he was in it. Well, so. it's like the same thing with the whole well, thing. You can see the influence when, before Daniel Bryan did the retirement thing, you, it was like watching yeah. Chris Benoit 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Complete with horrifying headbutts. Yeah. 
Dynamite Kid too. It should just not be allowed. It should just not be allowed to do the headbutt anymore. It's yeah. just a bad, it's a bad um, move. Uh, I, I hate you for making me do this list. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, we appreciate like, lists that. I've of names that I've had to omit. And it's, yeah. like, I've got Edge and CM Punk, Eddie mm. Guerrero, Roddy Piper, and all. Oh, Roddy Piper, love Roddy Piper. Is any yeah. are there any like favorite matches that come out to your mind? Just like just anything that comes to mind, kind of rehashing all those guys. I know we already kind Wait. of talked about the Bulldog Heart match. Uh, the whole CM Punk match from uh, for CM Punk it would be when he faced Taker at Mania. Oh, okay, wow, yeah, I that know. one doesn't get talked about as much as. Well, I uh, mean, I know there was the whole thing where he said publicly he didn't want to do it. But yeah. When you watch the match, it I thought it was the first time Taker looked good for the first couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, his um, matches in uh with Triple H, well I didn't think they were bad. Personally, I do agree with Bret Hart where they they were very, very spotty. They were very spot yeah. heavy. Very the story around the match is what was carrying the match and not the content of the match itself. Whereas Punk had he had character with it with the with the whole bringing in Paul Bear and all that stuff too, but then the wrestling match was a wrestling match, which was yeah, really good. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, Roz is going to join us in the future. He's going to start doing some picks with us here and there. He's going to do some reviews for uh, pay per views and just kind of have a different perspective on the podcast, so you don't have to listen to Sam all the time. So thank Roz, God, <laughs> Roz, <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, two years of doing the podcast, and you're finally here. Finally, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, man. So in closing, you you have any in your pro- social media you want to promote right now? Uh, just the usual Roz's Midnight Macabre. Oh, yeah, so Roz, this, by the way, if you don't know who Roz is, Roz does a, a horror blog called Roz's Midnight Macabre, and he's also the horror writer on SomewhatNerdy.com. Uh, he has his own Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those good things, so I'll probably put links to that in the show notes page. Uh, again, Roz, uh, uh, I, he's my brother from another mother, uh, one of my best friends, so it's really good to have him on the podcast. All of our social media, go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We release a podcast every single Friday. Unless we don't. Unless we don't. Next Friday, we will have, I think, Singletary on the podcast with us, and we'll be talking about uh, All In, which is obviously coming in one week, which crazy. is kind of crazy. So we will be back next week with another podcast. Go leave us a review, five stars on any podcast app you're using. Uh, again, Ross, thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time you're on the show. 4 a.m. from the UK. Good night. <laughs> and thanks for being here. Uh, we have been your hosts. I am Snarf Chris. And this is Sam Kiss. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>